It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. From candidate to now the lieutenant governor of Virginia, once again earning the right to hold the position with a lot of personal pride for me as a fellow Jamaican. My guest, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, and great to speak to you again. Hello, David, and hello to your listeners. Good to be with you again. It's certainly good to have you and have you here now officially uh, inaugurated. Uh, My first question, as a black woman, an immigrant from Jamaica who has raised her right hand twice to serve both our nation in the Marine Corps and now the public. What's your reaction to President Biden's decision to only nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court? Actually, I've raised my hand four times now, once in the Marines, once when I was um, uh, elected to the House of Delegates, then when I was elected to the Virginia State Board of Education, and now here I am uh, as the lieutenant governor. You know, I didn't get anywhere because I was black or because I, I should restate because I am black. I got here because I took advantage of opportunities. And it's not that they were presented to me. They were there. They were always there. You know, you just pick it up and run with it. So that's what I did. Now, here's the thing about um, black Supreme Court female justice uh, that President Biden is going to choose. We do have precedent for, you know, a particular race or a particular gender or even a particular religion uh, or party. Some people don't remember, but and you wouldn't normally, but the first 100 years of the Supreme Court, it was very partisan. Everybody expected that uh, the president would nominate someone who was more amenable to his party than anything else. So that was always understood. Then you remember that the court packing wanted to happen under under FDR, which thankfully to their credit, his own party stopped him from doing that. Um, but then the President Biden, fast forward, he wanted to do the court packing. So and then, of course, there was a time when folks clamored for a woman. And what did we get? We got Sandra Day O'Connor. And then, of course, we also clamored for a black man and we got Thurgood Marshall. You know, those are all good things. So I can't say that, you know, it hasn't happened before. The only thing that I'm, I'm thinking is we need someone who, of course, is going to put the partisan politics aside and also make sure that um, they follow the Constitution. So, you know, apart from that, I think we'll be all right. And, and here's the thing, David, I mean, you know, in politics, sometimes you've got to be pragmatic. It, there was never going to be a Republican chosen. You know what I'm saying? So if if that's the case, then let's fight for the best person that we can get out of the hand that we're dealt with. So that's what we that's what we you know we're looking at. Let's bring it home to Virginia, my guest, the Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears. Uh, the Virginia Supreme Court has dismissed the Chesapeake parents who challenged uh, Governor Youngkin's mass optional order. That order would have gone in, it goes into effect on January 24th. And uh, from the governor's office and to the parents of Virginia who voted heavily on education and parental involvement in their children's lives in school, what do you say? 
Well, you know, it's uh, good and bad because from what I understand, while the Virginia Supreme Court dismissed the Chesapeake parents uh, trying to ensure that the mask mandate continues without other parents having that same option to choose whether or not they want their children to be masked. At the same time, I I haven't read it myself. I'm told I just came off the the floor of the Senate. So I'm told that uh, at the same time, the Supreme Court also rejected pretty much um, the governor's idea and his executive order to give the parents the ability to make the choice between mask or not mask. But you know what? There are more than one ways to skin a cat, and we are a nation of laws. We're a commonwealth of laws, and so we we will abide by whatever the state Supreme Court decides. And uh, the governor has said that those those um, school boards who are still wanting to mask, the parents please allow things to percolate, allow things to bubble, but do follow your local school board so that we can have peace and harmony. So we'll see. Well, let's the battle move on. is not yet over. The battle rarely is over, as you know, and certainly you are one who is trained for battle. And as you say, in the, in the public sphere, uh, you have raised your hand more than once. Uh, this always sticks with me when you have caucuses based on race. Not the biggest fan of it, congressional or otherwise, but they do exist. And the Virginia Black Caucus denied a black man, A.C. Cordoza, newly elected, uh, denied him membership in the caucus. Uh, Is this because he's a Republican? Is there another solution? What's your thought? Well, you know, it's deja vu all over again, as Yogi Berra once said. Uh, 20 years ago, they almost didn't let me in, you know, because I am a Republican and I was a Republican then. And so I came to realize that it's not really a black caucus. It's the Democrat caucus. That's what they are. They're Democrats and it's mislabeling. You know, we should have them label themselves for what they are, and that's fine. If that's what you want to be, then be it. Um, But they're not, I mean, if a black man, pray tell, can't get into the caucus, then who can? I mean, so, so I don't have a problem with that. You want to be that, be that. You want to have your own club, be your own club. Now, it's interesting to me that we might have something where it's a reverse discrimination. You all might remember back, way back when, when, if you had, if you couldn't, if you were darker than a brown paper bag, the brown paper shopping bag, you couldn't get into a black club. Imagine that. You were too black for a black club. And and if your hair, you know, uh, wasn't good hair, you couldn't get in either. And if your nose was too big, your lips were too big, you couldn't get in either. So you were too black for a black club. But apparently, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, you know. So let them have what they're doing, and and we'll continue. You don't have to be in in a club to be successful as a legislator. You just have to look out for everybody. You just have to get righteous laws passed and and care about people. So it'll be all right. I know they care. We care. and, And so we just don't agree on how to make it work.
Well, we are one race, the human race. We are one country, America, and we should not be divided. You and I are in full agreement there. And I look forward to following your service one more time in the governor's mansion as the lieutenant governor of Virginia. (laughs) One thing at a time, David. Hold on. See, I'm trying to promote you there. See, I slipped that in. How many days? Uh, Let me me count the ways. It's because it's the month of February. Let me count the ways I love you. So it's it's, um, just uh, 20-some days since I'm lieutenant governor. So I've still got three years and, what, 10 months, 11 months to go in this job so yeah let me try to do that very well (laughs) well let's just say that i see great things ahead because you're common sense practical pragmatic to the point and in a level of honesty that i have personally observed that i like to see in an elected official so thank you oh thank you i well you know i'm I'm doing this for the children because i want them to look at me david and and you too i mean you know we were born in jamaica you and i and we came here and saw the opportunities, and here we are today. You have a talk show. I'm here, you know, doing my political thing. And I want the kids to say, well, if Winsome can do it, then I can do it too, because I don't want them to think I did anything extra special to get here. I don't want them to think I got here also because I had connections. I want them to understand all I did was stay in school and study. That's all I did, and then they can be here too. And in fact, when I do go and visit the children, I say to them, uh, I actually read to them something from Martin Luther King Jr. way back in 1967, and he gave a speech six months before he was assassinated. He was speaking to a group of students at, uh, I think it was Barat Jr. High School in Philly. And what he said to them, imagine this, 50-plus years ago, he said, Burn the midnight oil. I urge you to study. I say to you, don't drop out out of school. I understand all the sociological reasons, but I urge you that in spite of your economic plight, in spite of the situation that you're forced to live in, stay in school. My God, is that not the same uh, advice for us today? 50 years later, I I, I went to one of my schools here, my middle school, and, and this school majority black. The principal told me that these children are two years behind. And then because of COVID, they are now another two years behind. She said, well, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And, 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 and the Democrats want to lock us down again? Oh, no, we're not having that. So we've got to give parents the ability to choose whether their children uh, can go to that school, that school, or that school, because the new racism to me is the redlining of the school based on your zip code. Because here's the thing, wealthy parents already have choices. So I don't know whom the Democrats are talking about when they say we're going to take the money and give it to the rich people. They already have those choices. And by the way, these politicians that they're denying children choice, they're standing in the doorway keeping those kids in those schools. Meanwhile, they make those same decisions for their own children on what schools their children should attend. So we're going to work this thing through. And before we're done, you know, we just might get where parents can make that choice themselves. Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, great to speak with you again. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Take care now. All right, there we go. Winsome, thank you so much. You're you're really something else. You're a great inspiration, too. You know, when you think about the issues that I brought up in today's monologue, very simple word, 
very complex situation, very necessary discussion, freedom. Whether it's from the political offices in the legal components, the constitutional responsibilities, whether from the attorney general's office, uh, the governor's office, obviously, lieutenant governor, and common threads in what both Attorney General Meares and Lieutenant Governor Sayers have said. Responsibility, involvement. A lot of you ask the questions, and it's understandable. Have the debates, share the frustrations. You're involved. How can you be effective? How can you do something? Well, the fact is that citizen responsibility is and as it was designed, ultimately in our hands. They never promised us an easy path. The Founding Fathers, those who have led the evolution of this nation, whether they be public leaders, private leaders, the average citizen stepping up in some manner, locally, nationally, they've simply decided to get involved, to to execute a responsibility. It comes in small form. It comes in major events. From being a poll watcher in an election to starting a Tea Party group to leading a freedom convoy to organizing with some of your fellow truckers to showing up at a school board meeting and then maybe running for school board, to reading the rules of how you recall someone in office, in any office, school board, governor, or otherwise. We have a very complex society that's not going to be solved by simple slogans and hashtag campaigns. But society's issues will be addressed and then hopefully resolved by getting involved in some manner. There never was a time to sit down, but for a long time, too many people sat down. Think about our evolution from the early days of this nation, from the shot heard around the world in 1775, the issuing of the Declaration of Independence, the signing of the Constitution, the adopting of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the women's suffrage movement, the fight for equality, not just for blacks, by the way, but think about the Geary Act and the Chinese who for decades were not even allowed to marry someone else or become citizens. It took an act to block them, and we overturned it. We continued to evolve. And there are a multitude of examples. At the core of this are fundamental principles, freedom. But what does it mean and how do you apply it? You can't just say this is it. You've got to figure out how you can participate. If you stand by, if you stay out of it, then the progressives and the leftists, the Democrat Party, whatever term, the PACs, the the, the radical Marxist groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa and others, they will win. And they're in elected office. 
Letitia James in New York, supported by the Working Families Party, which is a communist group. The Democratic, the Democrat Socialists of America, founded in 1919 in the United States. This is not fantasy. This is reality. This is the fight we're up against. Freedom, period. Or anything else, which I don't find acceptable. You can join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.